it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, and it's Paul Gleiser from the great state of Texas sitting in for Jimmy today and all this week, except for tomorrow when it's going to be a best of Fox Across America for the 4th of July. We have a good show coming up for you today. Fallon from Texas's 4th District, where I'm sitting right now, joins us at the bottom of the second hour. And then Greg Murphy, congressman from the North Carolina coast, joins us for the third hour. But to start off, it's me and you. If you're a Fox Across America regular, you know that when Jimmy lets me get behind the wheel, I'm going to load you in the car with me. I love taking your calls and talking to you from wherever you are across America. And you can join the conversation, and I hope you will, 888-788-9910. Put that number in your phone, put it under favorites, 888-788-9910. Hey, it's Uncle Sam's uh, birthday today, or tomorrow, actually. He turns 247, and yes, tomorrow, July 4th, it's his birthday, not 1619, tomorrow. Here's a little bit of history. By June of 1776, most American colonists were well fed up with Great Britain. King George III could not or would not read the room. The entirely uh, reasonable things that the colonists wanted him to recognize, he simply refused to consider. But only about half the colonists, actually a bit fewer, about 45%, according to historians, were in favor of actually declaring independence. So we talk about being divided today. Americans were divided then. But the Second Continental Congress meeting in Philadelphia began putting the particulars together regarding actually breaking off from Great Britain and establishing a free and independent nation. Some of the American colonists were already in open-armed rebellion against Great Britain. Massachusetts was one of them. The Battle of Lexington and Concord, you know, the shot heard round the world, well, that, that, that took place on April the 19th. 1775. Six of the colonial delegations to the Congress, which included New York, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and South Carolina, weren't quite yet fully on board with breaking off from England, but they were definitely leaning in that direction. <clears throat> though the population, <clears throat> pardon me, though the population was about evenly split regarding independence from Britain, most of the delegates to the Continental Congress were anywhere from somewhat to very strongly in favor of independence. There in the Continental Congress in June of 1776, the decision was made to put off a vote on independence until July 1st, but in the meantime, a committee got formed to draft a declaration to actually put into words to the King of England, George III, what the colonists wanted. That delegation was comprised of John Adams from Massachusetts, Benjamin Franklin from Pennsylvania, Roger Sherman from Connecticut, Robert Livingston from New York, and Thomas Jefferson from Virginia. And since Jefferson was regarded hands down as the best writer in the entire Continental Congress, the job of actually drafting the verbiage of a Declaration of Independence was given to him. Richard Henry Lee from Virginia was the presiding officer of the Second Continental Congress, and on July 1st, he put forth a formal resolution 
to declare independence from Britain. That resolution was adopted by 12 of the colonial delegations with only New York abstaining, not voting no, but abstaining, on July 2nd. That's when John Adams said that July 2nd would go down as the greatest day in American history. That wasn't to be the case because on July the 4th, 1776, the actual language of the Declaration of Independence, as drafted by Jefferson, was formally adopted by the Continental Congress. The bells in the Pennsylvania State House rang, that building we now call it Independence Hall, and a crowd assembled, and the Declaration of Independence was read aloud to the public for the first time. And we have been celebrating that day ever since. The celebration on July 4th, Independence Day in Philadelphia in the summer of 1787, 11 years later, would be pivotal. It provided a much-needed break for the delegates to what came to be called the Constitutional Convention. They needed one by then. They'd been working since May, and they were having a tough time, and it was getting very contentious. And that break allowed for Benjamin Franklin to do what he did. Benjamin Franklin knew how to throw a party. Benjamin Franklin knew how to entertain. He was a diplomat, so he put together a gathering at his home where the drinks flowed, and um, the delegates let their hair down, and they just hung out and were friends, and the stage was set for the Constitution to be adopted 10 weeks later. So it's Uncle Sam's birthday. It's a date worth celebrating. It's a fact of history that the American Revolution is one of the very few in which what was overthrown was replaced by something better. That cannot be said of most revolutions. The French Revolution is an example. So is the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. So is the revolution in Cuba and in China and in many places in South America. Revolutions usually end up replacing what they overthrew was something that is worse. The American Revolution is the exception to that. We are an exceptional country. American exceptionalism draws its exceptionalism from that fact that this was a revolution that was separate and apart from revolutions that have happened all through history. It replaced what was overthrown with something better. That is worth throwing an annual party. The American Revolution set the stage for establishing for the first time the supremacy of the people over the government. That's worth shooting off some fireworks and cracking some beers. So here on the eve of the 4th of July, I have two questions. I'd like your help with me and answer. Help, help me answer. 888-788-9910. First, it's Uncle Sam's birthday. What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? He's, you know, he's had a little bit of a time of it lately. His birthday this year comes at a time like we've all experienced, a time when a lot is going wrong. We've all had that run of, of, of luck when, you know, we get laid off. And immediately following that, somebody T-bones the car, and then the dog dies, and then a big storm comes, and a tree gets dropped on the house. We've all had bad runs, and Uncle Sam's having one now. We're, we're having a little bit of a time of it in this country. So knowing that, what's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? What's something to make Uncle Sam happy? here on his birthday. Here's mine. I wish for Uncle Sam to get his army of dads back. Too many kids are growing up in homes without dads in them. Too many households lack the teamwork of a committed husband and wife taking on the world together while they raise their children. Too many young boys don't have a dad in their life to show them how to grow up to be a man. We still have the same proportion of males 
in the population, we don't have enough men. Men happen when dads are around. Put dads back in households, things start getting better. Particularly put dads back in black households. And two-thirds or more of those households that are now living in poverty break free of that poverty. Where there is a dad present in black households, those households enter the middle class at pretty close to the same proportion as white households. When that happens... When black, when black households are in the middle class in the same proportion as white households, a whole lot of the racial tension that takes up so much of our time and causes us so much anguish in this country, a whole lot of that racial tension goes away. When black people enter the middle class at the same rate as white people, a whole lot of happiness will replace a whole lot of tension. Put dads back in households, and the kids from those homes are dramatically less likely to drop out of school, to get pregnant as teens, to get hooked on drugs, to commit suicide, or to wind up in jail. Put dads back in the households. Look, I'm not condemning any single-parent moms. Women who are raising their kids by themselves are doing so for a long list of reasons, one of the biggest being that their marriages didn't work out. But put more dads in homes where kids are growing up, and you'll wind up with more men who are capable of and ready to sustain a marriage. The country gets stronger, and the need for affirmative action, over which we're very upset from the Supreme Court ruling of last week, becomes more and more moot. We want affirmative action to become the anachronism it needs to be. And the number of abortions about which we're constantly upset drops when you have men back in the household. Put moms and dads as a team on the job in America's schools, about which we're all upset, start getting better. So, my gift to Uncle Sam would be to give him back his army of dads. It was the dads who were instrumental in taking America's victory in World War II, and ginning that up to the longest prosperity run in America in, in history anywhere. So what about you? What's your gift or your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? 888-788-9910. And that's, that brings us to question number two. Just as the nation was divided in July of 1776, we are very divided now. But tomorrow, all across the country, and a thing that just gives me hope, we'll turn out for parades and picnics, and fireworks celebrations, and we'll dress up in red, white, and blue, and we'll wave little American flags, too many of which are made in China, but that's another talk show. So with all of that said, with us turning out to celebrate America's birthday, the fact that we will that we'll cook hot dogs and we'll grill hamburgers and we'll crack open some beers and we'll have a good time, what can we agree on? Can we agree that for all her faults, America is still the greatest country to ever come along? Can we agree that for all her sins, which we fully acknowledge, America has the virtue of having lifted more people out of poverty and freed more people from bondage than any other society in history? Can we agree on that? We should. On July 4, 1776, tomorrow, 247 years ago tomorrow, the poverty rate in Great Britain that day, then the most powerful nation on the planet, exceeded 80%. And there was no escaping the poverty. There was no upward mobility. If you were born into poverty, the chances were 99.99999 that you would die in poverty. The United States, with its commitment to individual liberty, 
which led to free markets, the United States became the first nation in history to make poverty the exception rather than the rule. Can we agree that that's a great thing? Can we agree on that? And can we agree that we must be doing something right if so many people from so many other countries on earth are wanting so badly to come here? Can we agree that being able to freely express ourselves is a truly great thing? We're going to do that today. Can We're going to express ourselves today. Is that not a great thing? And can we agree that it's a great thing that we do it here and it isn't enjoyed in many places on the planet? Can we agree that we are really, really, really fortunate to have been born in the greatest country in the world? 888-788-9910. Oh, here's the bonus question because I like to throw bonus questions in. It does have to do with the 4th of July. Just share with us. What are you doing to celebrate the 4th of July tomorrow? 888 888- 788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. The show and you come right after the break. Stay with us. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on the day before the 4th of July in America's 247th birthday. And I want to hear from you. What is your wish for Uncle Sam? And what can we, as we stand on the street uh, curbs and gather in parks across America celebrating America's birthday and wave our flags, what can we agree on? 888-788-9910. Our leadoff caller is from Plattsburgh, New York. It's George. You're on Fox Across America. George, thanks for calling. Thank you very much for that wonderful historical monologue. It really puts things into perspective. And uh, it it, it was refreshing to hear because we are almost in the same position, maybe not exactly, but we're in conflict now like we've never been in before. The founders weren't 7,000 people. There were a handful of smart, intelligent people. I'd like to relive that dream. And if I could have a wish, it would be that we relive the dream of getting together with 10 or 12 people from both parties and say, okay, we're in trouble. Let's fix it. Let's move on. We're not American anymore. We're not one. We're a Democrat party and a Republican party, and and the two shall never meet. Yet that's what we were 247 years ago. We were England well, was one party and America was another. And we well, yeah, and, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting to note if you go read the story or the, read the history of the American Revolution, you had loyalists and you had the, you know, the colonists and the loyalists, and, and there was pretty bitter rancor um, abroad in the land in 1776. There were a, yes, as there many was. as... As many as half the people in the in the American colonies wanted to remain loyal to the crown, and there were there was a lot of argument about it. And the thing I wish we could get over you talked to you brought up the founders, George, and this is an important thing. And I really wish we could get over this. the The founders were all men, and they were all white men. 
There were no women. There were no black people. There were no people of anything other than European, really English descent. They were the founding fathers. The fact that they were monolithically male and monolithically white doesn't negate what they accomplished. It doesn't negate the the ideals that they set forth and began acting upon. It doesn't negate the fact that though we have that we have not fully lived up to those ideals, they are nonetheless very worthy ideals that had never been put on paper before. And we should celebrate that. We should agree they were they were for all their flaws. And yes, I know some of them owned slaves. And I know that some of them weren't, weren't faithful to their wives. And I know that they were the flawed men that all men have always been. They nevertheless launched something that has been truly great for the world. Could we not agree on that and celebrate it? What do you think? Well, I agree, and I think we should repeat it. Why do we have to keep gender identity and get a representative from each gender and each man and woman and all this, this other stuff? We are Americans. Can't we focus on the very fact, the simple fact, that this is America? Well, yeah. Because right now it is a total mess and it's leading to a civil war. That's what I really believe. Well, George, the only thing I would would say in counter to that is I know that blocks from where I'm sitting right now in the community where I live, tomorrow a whole bunch of people who voted for Trump and a whole bunch of people who voted for Biden will all turn out. A lot of them wearing red, white, and blue. And they're going to watch the annual community parade that goes by every year. They're going to all wind up in a park not far from where I'm sitting where a whole bunch of local businesses are giving out lemonade and slices of watermelon. And they're going to bring their kids and their dogs. And we're all going to be there together being happy that we're Americans, celebrating the birthday, and all getting along and enjoying each other's company. That still goes on all across America. It's going to happen tomorrow right near where I'm sitting. And I agree with you. And that's the the people themselves love America. It's the politicians and the people in control of all these places, the FBI and CIA and all of those and the Department of Justice, they and a, have and a handful a and a relative handful of academics and a relative handful of people who truly don't love the country, who are small in number but uh, to a distressing degree loud in voice, and they're dominating the debate. Hey, listen, George, appreciate you being the leadoff caller, and happy Fourth of July, and you be safe there in New York. Paul Gleiser sitting in sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show and more of your calls are coming up. Welcome back to Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here and taking your calls. 888-788-9910. Tomorrow is Uncle Sam's birthday. 247 years still going. What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? What can we agree on when we wave our flags and go to the parades and go to the picnics and watch the fireworks? What is it that binds us together that we can all agree on? What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? Mine, I said at the top of the hour, I'd love to get Uncle Sam's army of dads back in the homes. Dads are a big, big factor of why Uncle Sam got to be the strongest, most potent guy on the planet. I'd love to see that happen. What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? 888-788-9910. We're in Las Vegas, Nev. And here's Al on Fox Across America. Al, what do you say? 
Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Wherever Jimmy Fay is, I want to wish him the happy 4th of July. We're here in Las Vegas. We're waiting for him to come down here in August. So just wanted to get that out. But it's a lot it's uh, a lot of I'm, fun. A lot of fun when Jimmy comes to town, I can tell you. Uh, personal experience. Oh yeah, a lot of fun. He likes him. Comedy's big over here and you know Jimmy used to work down here. We all love him down here, so hopefully we get to see him. He's he's, he's going to be over at Green Valley for those that are over here and they want if you come to Las Vegas to visit Green Valley's where he's going to be at over in August. That'll be great. Anyhow, so, Al, what, what say this you? Is, this is what I'm saying. What I'm hearing, you know, I'm a community activist here, and what I'm finding, everybody agrees that the best cities in the country are the ones that have a close relationship with law enforcement. They work together. And everybody, and that's what we got to do. We got to reach out and work closer with law enforcement, start um, a neighborhood watch programs, especially in townhome complexes. There is the HA, HOA will help you um, uh, get one of those together. Businesses have to work together. And let me give you an example. What happened in Baltimore, where they had that block party and everybody got shot? If you do a little bit of the research, those community leaders didn't reach out and, and, and contact law enforcement that there was going to be a, a block party going on. And so that the security wasn't there, and the criminals came in, saw no security, and they just started. These guys are looking for any opportunity to terrorize the community. And you got to work with law enforcement. That, that, that's, that's what my wish is that America and all over America, we got to start getting closer and working with law enforcement. That's one, of the, that? one of the worst things that came from that idiot who um, – uh, in the the police officer in in Minneapolis who committed just I mean an idiotic thing that he did was the idea that we can defund the police and somehow make the country better and look what has happened since absolutely absolutely and there was a lady who ran for Congress and she's black and she did a video and she interviewed all the black people and they, she asked them do you think it's smart to uh, defund the police this was in Baltimore they said no. No, they're the first. How we can have a community? They're the first ones. People in black communities, people in in poor communities, people people on the on the in the part of town that is the most beset by poverty. They suffer most from crime. Exactly, exactly. They're 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 havens for for crime, and and we got to get that message out that everyone's got to start working with law enforcement. That's what we're doing here in Las Vegas. We just had a parade. We won the Stanley Cup. Oh, I listen, believe, believe me, believe me, I know you won the Stanley Cup. My wife worked for eight <laughs> years for the Dallas Stars, whom you, oh, guys, oh. whom you guys just defeated in the Western Conference Finals to, to advance oh, yeah. to the Stanley you know, Cup. Nothing against Dallas. They're a great team. They're great, great people. They came down here. Very peaceful, we, you know. We love Dallas, Dallas citizens. My uh, wife has my point, wife has a has a Stanley Cup ring on account of the oh, on is account that of that. Right? Oh. Yes, she does. And uh, I was I'm, listen. I'm proud of you guys for winning the Stanley Cup. That amazing thing is, you put that franchise in Las Vegas. It started winning right off the bat. It's amazing. Yeah, we got like we got good. Um, uh, we're going to be a sports town. You know, we don't know how we're going to do with the Oakland A's. But the point that I wanted to make was that. Here, we work closely with law enforcement. we got a great sheriff, Kevin McMahill. He's a great sheriff. And for us to put together a 200,000-people event in less than two days without a major incident, it just goes to show 
how the community, how we embrace our law enforcement here. And it's only getting better. It's only, we got problems. We got problems. You know, we've got, we've got problems, but we showed that we have control of our community. And that's what I want to see throughout the country. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Al, that is great stuff, my man. Absolutely all right, great thank stuff. You, thank you for taking my call. Say hi to Jimmy for me, all righty? I will do that, and you can look forward to seeing him there in August. That opens the line, 888-788-9910. Let's come on the other side of the country. Brian, Clarion County, PA. Brian, what's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I enjoy when you host. Thank you. I wanted to, yes, I wanted to just comment on two institutions that I think we can all agree make us unique in the world as Americans. And those two institutions are public schools and public libraries. The concept of educating our children in control of parents and local municipalities is a uniquely American idea. And the, and the idea of being able to go to a library and read books of, from other nations of all types of subjects, again, under uh, the freedom of the press in our constitutional protections, is uniquely American. Unfortunately, since the inception of the Department of Education, we've all seen these two great institutions collapse. And that's that's very sad to me. For Uncle Sam on his birthday, you know, the famous poster, he pointed his finger at each and every one of us. And I hope on his birthday that he can inspire all of us Americans to understand the vital role that we play in protecting our nation. And I hope that he will inspire people to, to understand that we need to stand up for our country and our, and our institutions. As far as celebrating the holiday, my husband and I drove around Western Pennsylvania, the Allegheny National Forest, of course, God's country. And it just gives us a good feeling about uh, the environment, uh, the country as a whole, and just watching how other people were enjoying our natural resources. And uh, I guess that's it for my comments. Well, listen, let, let me let me amplify on what you said there, uh, Brian, because you, you you dovetail into something that I said in the uh, in the opening block of the show. You talk about public schools. America at one time had public schools that were the envy of the world. <clears throat> yes. They were they're truly... Uh, to be emulated everywhere, and we lost that. And I think a big one of the one of the big reasons that we lost our edge in, in public schools is because of the breakdown of the American family. I grew up in a neighborhood where there were moms and dads, and and that army of parents engaged in the education of their children, and the bureaucrats at school were no match. The parents were directing the direction of the independent school district where I lived, and that was happening all across America. Moms and dads working together for the education and upbringing of their kids. And, and the, the professional bureaucrats and the radicals and the, and the academics that have taken over and hijacked public education would be no match if we had, if we had moms and dads back engaged and that means getting dads back in households because about half of the kids in school today, it's a staggering number, about half overall, and in, and in heavily black school districts, three out of four are from, from families where there's no dad present. It's a single mom doing her best to get just to get through a day. You reestablish. Yes, and when, 
But when it was commun- when it was community based, you know, the moms and dads made sure that the homes that may have been broken for whatever reason, employment or or illness, you know, those kids were taken care of as well because the community was in control and they and those parents and the tax base Um, voting for the school board, the local school board, made sure that everybody got a good education, whether you were wealthy or not. And that is strictly American. And it's why it's being attacked by the left, because the idea of every person being educated levels the the playing field and fulfills uh, our motto, e pluribus unum. Yes, it does. And, you know, and, and communities, the center of the community, of the, the American neighborhood, was the local public school. It, it, I agree. It, it, and, and when we, we began losing that, we, things started to break down. And when, now we have this divisive environment in which we live. So you put, you put moms and dads back in education and get them back involved in public schools, and all of a sudden, things would start to turn around. Hey, listen, that's a great call. Brian, I appreciate you taking time, and I hope you have a happy fourth. That frees up a line, 888-788-9910. Closer to home, Big Sandy, Texas. It's Pat next on Fox Across America. Hey, Pat. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Well, listen, I believe in you know our models in God we trust, and I have two signs out in front of our little place. One is, blessed is our Heavenly Father who created heaven and earth. Male and female, winter, spring, summer, and fall, day and night. Another one I have is uh, all souls belong to the Lord. All lives matter. All lives are equal. All lives must obey the law. And uh, I've also got back the blue, and uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he is risen. And I truly believe that, and I think if more people would turn back to our Lord instead of being intimidated by such a small group, we'd be a lot better off. So your wish for America is to, for Uncle Sam is yes, to re-evangelize. Is that your wish? Uh, that's exactly what it is, if that's what you want to call it. Yes, sir. Well, you know, it was, uh, I don't, I should have the quote in front of me, but it was It was stated by, um, was it Adams? I should know this. That we have a, that our form of government is for a moral and, and righteous and religious people, and it's wholly unsuited to any other. You know, mm-hmm. all, of, all of the founders... All of them. They weren't all. They weren't. They weren't all devoutly Christian, mm-hmm. but they were all Judeo-Christian principle-driven men. They all recognized that there was a higher power in the universe, and it was not man. That mm-hmm. that our motto is in God we trust. It's not by, not an accident. That's you know, exactly right. The, the, the Declaration of Independence <clears throat> in, in the opening paragraph acknowledges the presence of God. And to the extent that we become secular, we start losing our ability, we start losing our understanding of what it takes to be a great nation. We first have to be morally and ethically centered. We have to behave, we have to behave in a way that is worthy of having been created in, in the image of God. And when the, we start losing that, we start getting in trouble. So, I agree with you. If my that's a great wish for Uncle Sam. Let's re-evangelize the country. Doesn't mean you have to be Christian. Doesn't mean you have to t- adopt any one single denominational form of of worship. It just means you need to acknowledge 
that we human beings are not the end-all, be-all. There is a higher power to which we should uh, be reverent. Agreed? Yes, sir. And I also say that uh, I don't profess to be the best person in the world, but I do know that if, the good Lord says, if we turn back to him for our transgressions, our sins and iniquities, he'll remember no more. And I truly believe that, too. And I think that he's working in this time through people like you and Jimmy and some of these others. So uh, I appreciate your time and your patience. Well, listen, I appreciate you for listening, Pat. And you make it. How are you spending? How are you spending your fourth before I let you go? What are you doing? Uh, I'm down in the barn working out. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, listen, there's a day off, and I hope you enjoy it and you be safe. That frees up a line at 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. We have more of the show coming up. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the you know the thing. Yes, we do know the thing. It's Uncle Sam's birthday. We celebrate it tomorrow uh, on the Fourth of July. Two hundred forty-seven years since the document was first read aloud from the State House in Philadelphia, what we now call Independence Hall. What is your wish for Uncle Sam on his 247th birthday? That's what we're talking about here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela, 888-788-9910. Bob in Jackson, Wyoming, you're next. What do you say? Hello, Paul. Thank you for putting me on the air. Yes, sir. What I'd like to thank you for is your outstanding opening dialogue. Well, thank you. That covered just about everything. Uh, You know, there's a lot of history on our independence, and that needs to be taught in schools. Um, one, one item, John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, on the second day of July in 1776 that it would be the most memorable epic in American history. He said he was apt to believe that it would be celebrated by succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp, parade, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. He only he only missed by 48 hours, but he's other than that, he's 100% right. <laughs> well, you know, even back then we didn't know when the final bill would be signed. So he, he, was, he was battling uphill on that one. Um, uh, I am in Jackson, Wyoming. That is in the valley called Jackson Hole. Right. So don't just get those two confused. And also, uh, Independence Day is on July 4th, but July 4th is just a day on a calendar. I'd like to hear everybody say this is Independence Day. Well, you know, that's an important point that you raise. One of the one of the gags I play, I'll say to people when you get to be this time of year, hey, I'll say, hey, do they have a, a 4th of July in Germany? And they'll say, well, no. I say, well, what comes after the 3rd? Yeah, what's on the calendar? What's on the calendar? It's a, it's a day on the calendar. It is Independence Day. And, and the thing that's, that's amazing about the American Revolution that was already underway yeah. as of July 4th, is that this revolution is among the very, very few that you can point to in all of history where what was replaced, what replaced the the existing form of government is better than what was overthrown. 
said that well in your opening monologue. Uh, France didn't do so well. No, no, they <laughs> and, did not. And and that's something we should look up to. You know, because our form of government is by the people, not by the elected officials or by the anointed leaders. Uh, we do a lot better. I, I agree. And one of the things I'm, I'm going to float maybe, maybe later this week when we uh, when I'm filling in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, we have we have the cent- we have our government we established the capital in washington it was in it was in philadelphia then it was in new york and we wound up in on the banks of the potomac in washington in what used to be swamp and it was necessary to have a, a central locus for everything having to do with the federal government then i think it would be a wonderful thing and i'd love to talk about this dispersing the 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 agencies and the bureaucracy of the federal government across the country it is intended to serve. Why Why does everything have to be located in Washington, where, they, where you wind up with that massive power concentration and that, and that massive temptation for corruption? That's something we should talk about as well. Could we give Uncle Sam the gift of spreading him across the fruited plain instead of having him all be in Washington? 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela. More of the second hour coming up. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. It is hour two of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Jimmy's going to be out all this week. Uh, Tomorrow's going to be a best of Fox Across America on the 4th of July. Everybody's going to get a day off. And then I'm with you the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'll be guest hosting for Jimmy and taking your calls because I love, I just, one of the most Fun things I get to do in radio is host this show and talk to people from all across the country at 888-788-9910. First hour, if you missed it, we uh, we let off with a little bit of history on the on the fact uh, on the of the fact of America's birthday tomorrow, the 247th birthday of Uncle Sam, and a little bit of history of how that came about. And my ask to you of if you could send your Fourth of July birthday wish to Uncle Sam. What would it be? Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. But there's a we've got callers on the line to talk about that, and I want to hear from you. But we got other things going on. Not the least of which is the left continues to be in complete meltdown over the Supreme Court doing its job. The Supreme Court did its job last week when it struck down affirmative action in uh, in college admissions. saying that the only way to end racial discrimination is to stop discriminating by race. And we need to embrace that, that truly, as it says in the Declaration, all men are created equal. And men is a generic term. Please don't let's go down that rabbit hole. Men means humans. We're all created equal. We need to get to that place sooner rather than later. Meanwhile, the... The left, the, the the media, and the people on the the far progressive left are melting down. Cut five. This uh, far right extremist imbalanced Supreme Court, which seeks to make history for all the wrong reasons. Um, this is if they were a caucus in Congress, they would be the bootstrapper, forced birth, uh, don't say gay. 
uh, caucus. I support expanding the Supreme Court because we have a radical, extreme supermajority on the Supreme Court that is out of touch with the American public. I believe, frankly, that we really need to be having conversations about judicial review um, as a check on the courts as well. Not out of touch with the American public, according to a, just a very recent ABC poll. Most Americans, a majority of Americans, believe that we should not discriminate by race, and they believe that it's time to end affirmative action. What do you say on that? And what's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? 888-788-9910 to the phones. Andy in Stover, Missouri, you're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Andy. Hello, thank you. I wish that the justice system could change as far as putting innocent people in and making them criminals, and they've done a good job at that. But where I live, you know, I don't lie or steal or anything, so I'm being punished. So I've not had water for four years because, well, they put pen lines in all my plumbing. And then my water pressure tank, they keep putting pinholes in. I keep repairing it. But now it just brought it out, my beam, my main beam to the house. And my house fell a few years ago. So I've had no water. Everybody that says they're going to help uh, St. Pat's Catholic Church in Lori, Missouri, sends people to help, but all they do is steal and tear more stuff up and leave you in a worse situation. If the American government could teach the IRS and the justice system how to love instead of hate, that would help a lot. But they have a justice system where innocent people are not allowed to defend themselves, and St. Pat's Church says, it doesn't matter how a person is or how good they are. If they've got a record, then what is on paper, that's how they have to treat them. And it's just a crazy situation. I mean, IRS, okay, let's say that they're the biggest slave owners in the world. But they're bad slave owners. They don't take care of us. They don't take care of us slaves that they take from. No matter how hard we work, we can never have anything as Americans because we've got to give the IRS – which they are not smart enough to know how to spend our money. They think we have to give our money to terrorists and people who want to kill us, and they're just so good at it, they think they're good. They have totally confused good and evil. They don't understand you're not supposed to punish honest people and call them liars just because they're standing up. I have been living here since 2009. I had, well, many dogs have been mutilized. Hey and killed. Andy, uh, let, 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 me, let me jump in because you're getting a little far ranging here. And, and let's just try to try to stay at 30,000 feet rather than getting down at, 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 at ground level to your particular situation. The, the 30,000 foot issue that you raise is government is supposed to be our servants, not our overlords. This, what we celebrate tomorrow on the 247th birthday of Uncle Sam is for the first time in world history, we Americans established the people as superior to the government. The government answers to the people. The people don't answer to the government. That really didn't happen before us. Most of the world was under the dominion of emperors and kings and tyrants and potentates and dictators 
on July the 4th, 1776. America's the first country in the world that established the supremacy of the and the supremacy of the individual over the collective and the supremacy of the people over the government. It was a radical idea at the time. And and other world leaders, other great thinkers in the world didn't think it stood a chance. They didn't think there was any way it could work. And proving them wrong, the country that was that was established on July the 4th, 1776, went on to become the wealthiest, most prosperous, happiest, safest, most decent, most charitable, most generous nation in all of history. And that's what we should celebrate tomorrow when we set off fireworks and go to parades and go to picnics and crack open cold beers. That's what we should be celebrating, and that's what we should all agree on. And the fact that we're, that there is so much disagreement with respect to that is what's got us in the place we're in. We need to recognize, and it needs to be taught in schools, and we need to be proud of the fact that for all of our acknowledged faults, and there are many, because the United States is established and populated by humans, and we're never going to be perfect. And our founding was not perfect. And the founding fathers were not perfect. And the ideals that they established in the Declaration of Independence and then 11 years later in the Constitution have not always been fully lived up to. They nevertheless are a really high set of aspirations. And those high aspirations have created the greatest nation on earth. And we should be able to agree on that. And we should we should point to the evidence of that the fact that so many people from so many places in the world are doing, going to extraordinary lengths and even putting their lives at risk to come here. That's what we should celebrate. Andy, I'm sorry for your problems you've had there in, there in Stover, Missouri, and I hope they get better. The, the point that you make in all of that is the government is here to serve us. We are not here to serve the government. 888 888- Seven eight eight ninety nine ten to East Texas, listening on my own radio station, KTBB 97.5 FM. It's Kevin and Tyler. Kevin, what do you say? Hi. Well, kind of tying in with uh, what you're talking about, keeping fathers or, or keeping both parents, we'll say. I'm not going to say it's just the fathers, but keeping both parents in the child's life. It's mostly, uh, my, it's, uh, Kevin, let me jump in. It's mostly fathers that are absent. It is. It There's is. not nearly as many, many um, absent. There's not nearly n- even close to as many absent mothers as there is absent fathers. Correct, of course. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, discount those that are, um, you know, fathers trying to take care of the kids on their own either. Right. Um, I understand. So, but my, my, my point uh, there was that uh, family court reform. Uh, specifically from the federal government would be my my birthday wish. Uh, right now, you know, the federal government incentivizes the states when there is a divorce or something like that to uh, keep one parent as the primary uh, and, and keep the other parent, you know, pretty much out of the, their child's life or, or very limited in their child's life uh, in order to collect, you know, money. Uh, in the form of child support and in the form of Title IV defunding. Well, yes, that's not that's uh, not that's not a federal issue, Kevin. That's a that's a t- state law issue. T- Title IV defunding comes from the federal government. So well, for every dollar that the um, 
for every dollar that the state collects in child support, they receive federal dollars that fill their Medicaid coffers. So the states are incentivized by the federal government okay. uh, to do that. So Title Forty funding reform would be uh, be my wish. All right, which is which, which is which is which is which is to say a, a specific way to deal with a general problem of getting the federal government out of the places in 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 local government where it doesn't belong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, that would just help with uh, with some of that situation that you're talking about. Because even if you know when divorce does have to happen, um, you know having a, the, both parents in that child's life, I think is is what's most important. And the statistics, you know, like you were pointing out earlier in the show, uh, show that even when a father is involved in you know 50 percent of the time or an equal amount of the time, that those children do significantly better than when they're completely kind of, you know, or almost completely kicked out. So. And the thing, the thing that's, that's one of the great things plaguing the country, Kevin, is we have a, we've had generations now of boys grow up without fathers in the home, and as a consequence, they have had nothing to model their own behavior on. And they have not learned, because they haven't had an example, they have not learned to be men. We have the same number of, same proportion of males in the population we've always had. We have a much smaller proportion of men. And I draw a distinction between men and male. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, I totally agree with your, your premise there. And uh, like I said, this, this is kind of one way to, to aid that along. All right, Kevin, listen, how are you, how are you celebrating the 4th of July in East Texas tomorrow? Well, you're, you, you know the area, so I've already been to a couple of fireworks shows uh, out there at Lake Tyler. Uh, been out on the paddleboard while uh, the fireworks are going off, and that's what I've done so far. And not quite sure what I'm doing tomorrow yet. Well, have a good. It's, it's a weird kind of a holiday. It falls kind of in the middle of the week, you know. It creates this weird kind of Monday before you know. For a lot of people, today's a day off. It, it's uh, interesting when the Fourth of July falls midweek, but you make it a safe one, Kevin. And I appreciate your call. Uh, thank you, sir. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More coming up. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here, taking your calls, 888-788-9910. Want to know what we're celebrating tomorrow, 247 years from the date of the, of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Uncle Sam's 247th birthday. Here's what we're celebrating. Cut nine. I'm running for president because I know America can do for anyone what she has done for me. But sending the message that somehow the color of your skin means that you will not be able to achieve your goals from an educational perspective, from an income perspective, or family formation. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We will not be judged solely by the color of our skin. That's what the ruling said today. But that is the story of America. That is the story of American progress. And we can all celebrate that today. Senator Tim Scott running for president on the Faulkner Focus last week. That is what we celebrate. No, we didn't achieve that immediately upon the Declaration of Independence signing, but that's where we have been heading inevitably from that day 247 years ago tomorrow. That's where we're headed. 888-788-9910. Ike, Lake of the Ozarks, 
you're up here on Fox Across America. What do you say? Say hello there. A bit ago, you ch- you said that uh, government was American was set up to serve the people, not the people serve the government. And I get where you're coming from. I truly do. But I believe that too many Americans nowadays uh, look at that in that the government is supposed to do so many things for us. When mm-hmm. in reality, if if we got rid of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, um, the the Federal Regulatory Commission, the Department of Education, all these different uh, uh, huge leviathan of alphabet agencies, we would be doing a whole lot better as America for a return to federalism. And, you know, John Kennedy said, uh, not ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I think we've got that the other way around an awful lot these days, and we expect way too much from our federal government. And uh, I guarantee you, uh, if you give them the opportunity, they will take uh, whatever authority you're willing to try to give them. My dad said when they when when Lyndon Johnson began expanding uh, the, the, the welfare state in 1965, the Great Society, my dad's quote that, boy, if you feed that line, it's going to eat. And, you know, that, that's a pretty succinct quote. You know, the, you're, you're right, um, Ike, in this sense, to the extent that you make it easy uh, to not provide for yourself people that should be providing for themselves, some of them won't. And one of the, one of the great things that organizes your, your energies and your thinking is the need to eat and the need to have a roof over your head. And a good and decent society provides for those people who can't provide for themselves. But all of us who are able-bodied and able-mind have a, have a primary duty of self-help. We have to help ourselves first before we ask our neighbors to help us. And, well, that... and, you, and, you, just, and you, know, you just said that society is maybe the help, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't. That's, uh, that can be argued through free market principles, but it absolutely is not for any government to provide. Government should be the absolute last resort. Uh, and at the federal level, it should not be at all. There should be well, no society. Well, okay, we're, say, we're saying the same thing. Like societies act through governments. That's why we create governments so that we can have societal action. We have to have some mechanism for societal action. We're we're saying the same thing, and and I agree with you that we don't, we can't, we can't be as liberal as we are with making it easy to not fend for ourselves and not provide for ourselves. Great stuff. Appreciate your call. Got time for one more. Gerald Gilmer, Texas, East Texas. You're next. What's up? Hey, what's up, Paul? What's on your mind? Got about a minute. Okay. Uh, I agree with you on we need to get the dads back in the family, but I also agree with your previous caller. We need to get God back in the families. If you do, if you get God back in men, you get dads back in family. But on the other hand, I agree with the other caller, we need the entire family unit. Not just the dads. The dads are important. Well, I well when I say the dads, when I, when I say the, get the dads, I'm not saying just exclusively dads. Put dads back in the household so you have the family unit. Exactly. Because I was divorced after 21 years. My kids were 17 and 19. And the dissolve to the to the ex- unit... To the extent that we have divorce today, you know, if 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 not all marriages are going to work out, and 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 I cast no aspersions on 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 mothers who are raising their kids by themselves. I'm not, I'm passing no judgment, and I'm not saying that we'll ever get to the point where we have only nuclear families. But that is the ideal to which we should strive. Right. 
because, like I said, my kids was 17 and 19, and my family dissolvement, it had an adverse effect on my children. Even even as they were, even as they were growing, hey, G- hey Gerald, I appreciate the call, Congressman Pat Fallon from the great state of Texas, coming up here after the after the bottom of the hour break here on Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Uh, more of the show. Hope you'll stick around. It's going to be a banger. It is Fox Across America here in the middle of Hour 2 on the day before America's 247th birthday, the 4th of July, 1776, 247 years ago. The greatest nation on earth was born. We should all agree on that because the evidence is so overwhelming. Despite all the things that we think are wrong with America, despite despite the fact that the, the country didn't immediately live up to all of its aspirations for a great nation, we have been moving in that direction ever ever since 247 years ago tomorrow when the 4th of July well, on the 4th of July the declaration of independence was signed adopted by the continental congress and read aloud to the people of Philadelphia outside the building of what is now called Independence Hall it's a we live in the greatest country in the world and we're going to celebrate that meanwhile we have one of the greatest congressmen in Congress online with us, Pat Fallon, from the 4th District of Texas, just north of where I'm sitting right now. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for coming back on the show. Paul, you honor me and you humble me, and I want to thank you for all you do, and have a happy 4th of July, because as uh, you do, I also believe deeply in American exceptionalism. It's a real thing, and we should thank our lucky stars and the good Lord above that we live in this great country. I absolutely agree. You know what what distresses me is the fact that when I grew up, my school, Ridgecrest Elementary School in Amarillo, Texas, we put on a big patriotic play. I had a speaking role in that, and we the teachers and the and the curriculum was all proudly and loudly patriotic and pro American. And you know, how do we depart from that? The left, just it's a death by a thousand paper cuts. They just uh, they take it's little by little. It's an encroachment. It's the frog that's put in uh, warm water that slowly boils, and a lot of people don't realize. I mean, Paul, they're teaching in China. They're teaching their kids, and they're ninety four percent ethnically Han, so they're rather homogeneous. Teaching them that they're gonna they're destined to rule the world. What are we teaching our grade school kids? I mean, there's a major political party in this country that teaches them that, on balance, we're not a great nation. That that's insane, uh, and we've we've got to counter it, and we've got to get more people out there that are listening to this show to vote in school board elections, because that's where it all begins. Meanwhile, we continue to be hung up on our quote-unquote legacy of slavery, when meanwhile, actual slavery is taking place right now in that country you just mentioned, China. Oh, and, and here, too. I mean, Joe Biden has turned the other cheek and, and looking the other way and letting the drug cartels, uh, to, you know, commit the greatest act of uh, sexual trafficking history's ever known, he, he, human beings ever known. It's happening in this country because um, what the cartels do is not only they get paid to ferry people across the border, but they also have the quote-unquote gift that keeps on giving. They're, they're so nefarious that they smuggle these young ladies and get them all hopped up on drugs and tra- 
and sexually traffic them for years upon end. Uh, it's happening here in this country, and it must stop. And that is slavery that is every bit as pernicious as the slavery that was in the in the, the cotton fields of the South. It's, it's pernicious and worse, and it is slavery. It, it, it is. And, you know, that that's the thing is most Americans, let's take those independents in the middle, right? If they knew what was really going on, they would demand a secure border. In fact, probably about half the Democrats would if they really knew what was going on, those Democratic voters. Uh, the fact that the Mexican drug cartels are controlling our southern border, not the federal government. Yeah, we could do a whole talk show on why they don't know. It's because we no longer have a functioning fourth estate. But I want to bring you something else that's not related to that, not being reported to the degree that it should be, and as a consequence, we're not acting the way that we should. I want to play you the IRS whistleblower, Gary Shapley, something that he said that I want to tee up our conversations. Cut zero. Go. The crux of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. We were conducting an investigation of Hunter Biden, and we were trying to follow the normal process. We were trying to get to the bottom of it. And Ultimately, you know, if it was going to lead to another individual, you know, we should follow that to uh, to determine what is actually happening. Um, but you know, there were definitely hindrances that I've never seen before in my 14 years concerning this investigation that didn't allow us to follow through an investigation of any other individual to include President Biden. You know, he said lead to another individual being a bit euphemistic. The other individual he's talking about is the current sitting president of the United States. I think this scandal, if it really is what it appears to be from the evidence that we have been allowed to see, Congressman Fallon, I think it makes Watergate looks, look like a jaywalking citation. Paul, I want to be very clear and careful with the words that I choose right now. And I will tell you that I do believe in my heart of hearts that this is the largest political scandal in our country's history. And I don't say those words lightly. After I read the 1023 two weeks ago, I was convinced of it. And my heart sank. I take no joy in saying these words. For me and for everyone else that I know that's working on this, uh, it's not a partisan issue. It's about truth, and this is about really justice, and we can't let people get away with influence peddling and selling access to this degree. And I think that the, Joe Biden has been lying for so long, I don't think this guy knows what the truth is. Because every – imagine a jigsaw puzzle, Paul, and, and there's pieces all over the table, right? And they all fit together perfectly. Once that occurs, you have a clear picture, Right. That's what the 1023 did for me, because everything that we've heard from whistleblowers and the evidence that we've uncovered and the, the bank records that we have seen and just using logic and then catching the Bidens in so many lies. And then the whistleblowers also saying that uh, the FBI and the IRS and the DOJ are dragging their feet. And then the 1023, it fits all together. And, and, I, and I think right now I could, I could prove a preponderance of the evidence. I think we're at that threshold, and we're nearing reasonable doubt. Congressman Pat Fallon from Texas's 4th District with us here on, on Fox Across America. Congressman, here's what I think what bothers me, bothers a lot of people that, that, that think, that share my beliefs. Two things. One, I think 
I think the fear is that in the end, nothing is really going to come of it, that it's just, you know, we're going to, we on talk shows like this and in, in, in within our circles are going to talk about it, but you're not going to have the reckoning that Richard Nixon had to, that came to Richard Nixon in 1974. It's, it's, not going to get to that point because we don't have a properly functioning news media anymore. And to the extent that, you know, that we ever had one, it would never have turned this much attention onto a Democrat. And number two, it means that the, the, the pressure to actually fix the department of justice will never be brought to bear. I think Paul, that first of all, that concern is legitimate. And I would agree with exactly what you said, that nothing would come of this if we stop now. If we just say, oh, you know, Hunter's in a plea deal and he got a little slap on the wrist and, okay, it's all over. I I agree with you completely. But that's not what we're doing. We're going to do the exact opposite. And much like Watergate, I mean, a lot of Americans, particularly younger ones, don't realize that, you know, that happened in, I believe, the the break-in happened itself in the summer of 72. And Nixon didn't resign from office until August of 74, so it took some time. And we, for two years, didn't have a majority in the House, so we were just denied access to all these things. I mean, we didn't know the existence of the 1023. Um, and, and then the other ones that Chairman Comer has read, it's, they're all redacted. So, yeah, they're definitely playing a game, but I think we're to the point now where the dam very well might break. I mean, I can't guarantee you it will. But when you look at the evidence that we have, and then the fact that we're now focusing on um, calling in 13 specific federal employees, nine from the DOJ, two from the FBI, and two from the IRS, and and get them under oath, because Gary Shapley is being attacked right now by the Biden team, and it's just a diversion, it's a delay, it's a deception, and attacking Gary Shapley, who testified under oath, which Hunter Biden and Joe Biden haven't done. You know, he's a 14-year IRS supervisor agent. It smacks of what the Clinton team did, you know, and they had those vengeful, if you remember, attacks on Ken Starr, making him the enemy. And it's an old Uh-oh. Hey, turn your, turn your head back the way it was before you said all that, because we should break it up a little bit. But Okay. So let me, but let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this, you know, by this time, by this point in the Watergate story, the media was in a complete lather seeking to take down Richard Nixon. By this point in the Watergate story, Richard Nixon was the first president for which I voted when I was eligible. First, first election for which I was eligible to vote was the 1972 election that saw Richard Nixon defeat George McGovern. By somewhere by now, I had turned on Nixon. I was I had become convinced that even though he was of the party that I voted for and he he largely believed the things that I believed he nonetheless was a bad guy and we if we want the party to be strong and we want to we want our principles and our what we believe believe to be um, accepted and embraced we can't have a bad guy we're not the democrats aren't doing that Oh gosh no uh well the press isn't doing that the press isn't doing their jobs. They have no interest in doing their jobs because they agree philosophically and ideologically with the current president, and that's not their role. Their role is to question all power and hold all power to account, whether it's Republican or Democrat. And I, that's that's our role on oversight is to do the same, and you know to to, to call the balls and strikes. 
when, when I look at all of the evidence, and you could teach a three-credit college course on this stuff. I mean, what did the Biden family – I'll run down, run down through them very quickly. What did the Biden family do? What service do they provide? What, uh, what, what, what goods do they sell? You know, other than influence betting actions. Nobody can answer that question, including the Democrats. Why would you set up 20, 30 shell companies uh, if you're doing legitimate business? Who pockets feed money? And then this fellow, Hunter Biden, goes from being a derelict to a multimillionaire international businessman, and he has no experience or expertise. And there's 170 suspicious activity reports, which are generated most of the time when financial institutions by law have to report this because they suspect fraud or money laundering. And Joe Biden in 2019 said as a candidate that I have no idea what my son does for a living. I've never met any of his business associates. He co-located offices with him. He met with Miguel Magnani, Velasco in, in the White House in 2013. Carlos Slim did a conference call with him, met with his associates from Cafe Milano. And there's scores of other instances like that. And if you didn't do anything wrong, then just come clean and share your bank records, which they've lawyered up and done the exact opposite. And why all the whistleblowers all are saying the same thing, including the uh, oligarch from the Ukraine that owned Burisma, who confirmed that he, he called Joe Biden the big guy. And he never met Eric uh, or Rob Walker or uh, Tony Boblinski. I mean, there's no way this is all coincidence. We didn't make this all up, Paul. No, we didn't, and and there's so much of it now. You say, well, there's smoke, there's fire. Well, there's a lot of smoke. Congressman Pat Fallon, in a couple of minutes we got left. The Department of Justice is an executive branch agency. It is it, it, it's, it belongs to the executive branch. What can the, the legislative branch do to get it reformed? Well, first and foremost, specifically with this, you know, we've got Chairman Comer, Jordan, and Smith that are requesting transcribed interviews with all these uh, very key individuals in this investigation that are federal employees, DOJ, as I said before, FBI and IRS, and get them under oath. What did you do? We need documents. Then, you know, if they purge themselves, then they specifically will be charged. And we, what we do, we do have the power of the person. It's the one, you know, ace in the hole, if you will. With the House, and they do need to be reformed. Um, the, and it, we're not talking about rank and file FBI agents or rank and file IRS agents or D, and even employees in the DOJ. It's it's these political operatives at the top that are skewing justice. And I mean, they are dragging their feet. They're not pursuing uh, their jobs in justice. And I mean, when you tip off lawyers for the person that's a subject of your investigation, that's incredible. So I, I, I think this could explode. I mean, I think there's lots of cracks in the dam, and it just might break. In the minute we have left, Congressman, I, I set up the, sh- the show in the first hour uh, uh, back at the top. I said, this is 247 years old, Uncle Sam is, uh, tomorrow. What's your ber- birthday wish for Uncle Sam? I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? What do you want to do to give him a good birthday and to make things, make America continue to be strong? Number one, get our fiscal house in order and no longer spend more than we take in. Two, secure our border, protect the citizens of this country. And three, teach our young people that this is truly the greatest country history has ever known. They're blessed to live here, and they should protect and do everything they can to defend it. That would be a great birthday gift for Uncle Sam. Absolutely it would. Congressman Pat Fallon from from the great 4th District of Texas, the seat once occupied by Sam Rayburn.
appreciate you being a, being a part of the uh, of the show today, and have a happy fourth. Well, Paul, thank you. And you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that America's best days have yet to be counted. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you, and happy God, fourth. God bless you. Happy fourth, Congressman Pat Fallon. There he goes. Here we go. More of the more of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Coming up after the break. I hope you'll stay with us. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Wanting to hear from you on Fox Across America. And what's on your mind and how? what what is the the birthday wish you have for Uncle Sam on the occasion of his 247th? birthday tomorrow, July 4th, 1776, when the United States marks its birthday. Your thoughts, 888-788-9910. Christopher in Taylor, Arizona, you're up. What's on your mind? Well, how are you doing, sir? Good. I was just calling because we're talking about dads being in the home. I agree with that. But if you get a divorce, my uh, birthday wish would be the guy step up and still be involved. I mean, that's if you're involved in your kids, I've had a divorce. All three of my boys and my stepdaughter are doing great. As long as you're involved, you just got to teach them right from wrong, teach them, you know, what happens when you do wrong, what happens when you do right. But if parents don't do that, it doesn't have to be the guy necessarily, but it does have to be a unit. When I got a divorce, me and my ex-wife worked together to raise our kids. That's what parents need to do. Just because you don't, you stop loving them or you got a divorce doesn't mean that you can't work with them. I mean, that's, I think, a big problem in our country right now. If Christopher, you get a divorce, yeah. What you're saying is, is so true. And what you're saying is, dads, men, if you have created a child, if you have brought a human life into the world, you have a sacred duty to do all that you possibly can to bring that child up in such a way as that she or she can succeed as an adult. And irrespective of the hostility or the amicability of your divorce, if you if you get separated from your wife, you still do everything that you possibly can to be a dad to that child. To, the, to whatever extent you can, you will be increasing that child's chance of success and decreasing that child's chance of falling into the problems of drug abuse and all those things. Appreciate your call. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Stick around. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Hour three already. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. And I do want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. If you want to talk for the first two hours of the show about the fact that tomorrow is Uncle Sam's 247th birthday. He was born in 1776. Not 1619, as the New York Times would have you believe. July 4th, 1776, when Thomas Jefferson's incredibly eloquent document set forth the foundation for a nation founded on the supremacy of the individual over the collective and the supremacy of the people over the government. It was a radical idea in 1776. It would go on to create 
the most powerful, most prosperous, most wonderful nation that has ever been on the earth, the United States of America. If you have a birthday wish for Uncle Sam on his 247th birthday, what is it? 888-788-9910. Then we can also talk about this. The Supreme Court last week dropped two big rulings, both of which have to do with college and education. The first was that affirmative action can no longer be used as a criteria. You can't use race as a criteria in in college admissions. And the second was that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, cannot on his own authority wipe out $500 billion in student debt. That would require an act of Congress because it affects the purse. It is that that would be a a fiscal decision that would be effectively funding debt with more debt, and only the House of Representatives can can create that spending bill that would do that. The president himself, on his own hook, can't do that. President Biden is none too happy about that ruling. Here he is, cut two. Today's decision has closed one path. Now we're going to pursue another. I'm never going to stop fighting for you. We'll use every tool at our disposal to get you the student debt relief you need and reach your dreams. It's good for the economy. It's good for the country. It's going to be good for you. Yeah, it's not good for the country. It's not good for the economy. And ultimately, it's not good for generations yet unborn. You can't you you simply can't let people borrow money and create the expectation that somewhere in there they just won't have to pay it because you then lose the that little mechanism that we're supposed to have that says, I'm going to have to pay this back. I need to borrow this money judiciously. You know, a, a whole bunch of kids in about six to seven weeks are going to head off to college. A lot of them already have or will soon be signing documents that are going to enslave them for the rest of their lives. You know, in the 20th century, you know, in the middle part of the 20th century, sociologists and policymakers and politicians began to note that, generally speaking, those with college degrees earn more than those with only a high school diploma or less. And out of that observation, there came a societal belief in the value of college. Okay, good. As time passed, however, that belief turned into an obsession, and obsession is not good. Today, very nearly every middle school kid is told that he or she must go to college after high school in order to have a good life. State and federal education policy is singularly focused on promoting college, a four-year university degree, as the immediate follow-up to high school. So with that obsessional belief in college for every kid, the federal government began guaranteeing student loan debt so that kids of average means or less could afford the cost of college. As borrowing for college became easier, kids who once would not have been able to afford college began enrolling. Demand for college began to exceed supply, greatly exceed supply, thus raising costs at universities and colleges at a rate several times that of inflation. Today, the federal government is not just a guarantor, it's the actual lender. In most cases, when an 18-year-old kid takes out a student loan, he or she is borrowing directly from Uncle Sam, the guy whose birthday we're trying to celebrate. And therefore, millions of students graduate under a mountain of debt holding in a distressing percentage of cases degrees that are of dubious economic value. 
They borrowed money to go get a degree that is not going to permit them to make the kind of money necessary to timely pay that loan off. As high-minded as a philosophy degree or a degree in gender studies or fill-in-the-blank studies, as as, as high-minded as that might sound to some people, there is little marketplace demand for people possessed of those kinds of credentials, and thus it is not worth it to borrow a lot of money to obtain one. So we've, we, therefore, you know, you, you and I just out moving around in the world, we find ourselves every day being served a caramel macchiato latte or some otherwise being attended to at retail by a, by a young man or woman deeply indebted whose degree qualified him or her to do little more than work at retail. And absent going back to learn a trade or otherwise inquire some employable skill that pays more they're stuck. That loan document that the admissions counselor stuck under that 18-year-old kid's nose and said, "Sign here. We're going to great things are going to happen for you." That document, in effect, becomes a lifetime of indenture to the federal government. And as a matter of just pure morality, just as a matter of the doing the right thing, before a kid signs such a document, that kid should be told and explained to him in a way that he or she fully understands it what it is that she, he or she is signing and what he or she's getting. By law, in this country, in most states, a home mortgage or a car loan has a truth in lending statement attached to it. The same should be true of a college loan. That when, you, when you sign a college loan document, that document should set forth the average annual earnings of every field of study offered at that college and then project the time and the percentage of income necessary to pay off the proposed college loan. You put all of that out in black and white, you will not, you will not have the necessity of debating just blanket forgiving it because you'll have a more informed borrower on the front end. And another thing that should happen, I think should happen in, in colleges and universities, is if a, if a college is, is, is the, effectively the loan broker, if a, if a, if state you not state you well any any university is effectively the loan broker they 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 put themselves between the federal government loaning the money and the student borrowing the money if that student defaults on that debt the college ought to be charged back and that would disincentivize grabbing up every kid who can fog a mirror and sign his name and getting him to sign up for a college loan and then you still again don't have what we have now with too many kids borrowing too much money, finding themselves unable to pay it back. Because in the end, we're not talking about Joe Biden's not giving away his money. He's not even giving away your money. He's giving away the money of your kids and your grandkids and their kids. It's future generations of of Americans will pay off $500 billion in student loans by forgiving this kind of debt. It's, it, is, it is morally reprehensible, and the Supreme Court was 100% correct in saying that Joe Biden can't do it. He's now saying, I'm going to find some other way to do it, and that's wrong. The thing, the thing that, we, that we have lost, that we, we have failed to focus on, is that, number one, you should never borrow money without understanding that you're going to have to pay it back and without an idea of how you are going to pay it back. And number two, from the broader perspective, not every kid needs to go to college, to a four-year university. 
Just about every kid who graduates high school needs some sort of post-secondary education. But the world is dying for auto mechanics. The world is dying for um, HVAC technicians. The world is dying for skilled carpenters. The world is dying for a whole lot of skilled tradesmen and tradespeople. The world is the, 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 the dental offices are having trouble getting hygienists. There are a lot of really good middle-class funding careers that can be had for a two-year associate's degree at a community or junior college that cost a fraction of what it costs to go to a four-year university. So not every kid should be in college, and no kid should borrow money without fully understanding what it is she's doing. Give, give a kid making a lifetime decision at least the same protections as those afforded some, someone buying a used car. What do you think? 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. I do want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. More coming up. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the program, Linda calling from France, streaming in. You're up on Fox Across America. What are you thinking there in France, Linda? Well, hi, friends. First off, just need to tell you, I am actually was born and raised three-generation Dallas, Texas. Where, where in da- parents- since, since, since we're both Dallasites, where in Dallas? Highland Park. Okay, well, I'm sitting here in University Park as we speak. So. Yeah, yeah, all right, so University Park, exactly. And my parents actually lived for a while in Athens, Texas. Out so, East anyways, Texas, where I own radio stations. Okay. <laughs> so all that to say, all right, so I'm just going to get strictly to the point because I've made a, a few birthday wish for Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. Number one is revival. Um. And you've already had several other people, so I don't need to exasperate that. Number two is stop globalization. And I think that we need to use the green movement against them to call out the hypocrisy of the fact that when you buy local, you save the planet. (laughs) Well, elaborate on that. How does buying local save the planet, uh, Linda? Well, I mean, it means that you have less um, travel. Mm-hmm. You're not using ships. You're not using planes. You're buying locally. So all these nuts that just keep doing all of this stuff going, oh, you know, we, we have to protect the planet, yet they do nothing about their behavior. But well, that's actually not what I really wanted to talk about. But, okay. I mean, we can. It's just I know I'm limited in how much time. What I really wanted to say is that I wanted to tell you how we, at least I, am celebrating in France. So I run a youth cafe in Albertville, France. Um, and it's an international cafe. It's trying to get kids um, talking bilingual. And okay. helping them find, like, jobs and au pair and other things. But I've been – so for the 4th of July, 
I were doing a whole event on understanding why America is different about the idea that it's about a person, not about a group. It's about protecting the individual, not the ideology. Well, I couldn't agree agree with you more. America was the first to establish the supremacy of the individual. Right. So the reason I eventually moved to France was when I was 16, I got accepted into the People to People program, the Mm -hmm. Dwight D. Eisenhower program. Do you know about it? Yeah, but not, not in detail. Well, basically, you can't apply for it. It has to be your teachers that recommend you for it, and they only accept like two to three students per school. So I had the privilege of getting to go. And I was 16, and that's when I got introduced to Europe. But the entire idea behind the Dwight D. Eisenhower program is to mix cultures to where I'm kind of talking against my second point about globalization, but it was actually to try to teach other people to see others and not just see your worldview, but actually expand how you view the world. Okay, well, on the, on, was, the view, on, the, on the view of the world, Linda, in the time that we have, what do the, what do the people of France, what are they thinking about the United States here in the middle of 2023? Um, really bad. Um, they're getting basically, they only get the mainstream media. They don't get Fox News. They don't get anything that's fair and balanced. Okay. They think Biden's awesome. They think Trump is Hitler. It's a difficult place for me to be to actually talk honest politics. It's hard. I do quite a no, bit of travel. I, I only I, actually get, <laughs> they only get the, the negative. I do. I do quite a bit of travel to Europe. I'm a radio station promotion. We we, we make European trips pretty well, about once a year, um, and uh, I've had the same experience. They they yeah. during the during Trump's four years in office, um, I got people were very unkind about our president. When most of us there were most of us that were on the trip together, there's 48 listeners I had with me. They were all very pro-Trump. It was a weird place to be in. Yeah. Well. All right. I'll, Michael knows my information, <laughs> the producer. Mm-hmm. So next time you're coming, I'm going to be there with you. Okay. Because, well, <laughs> basically, there are ways to do it. There are certain ways to be less. Just, uh, it's complicated. But the thing is that I am here. I'm in the midst of it. And my entire purpose, outside of just to share the gospel of Jesus, is that I also am an American representative to say what you're hearing is not true. Well, good for you, Linda, because in the absence of uh, of people like you, what people think of America will be very badly skewed until, until such time as we have to come riding over the hill to save you, save them. A country again, which we do all the time, until such time as you need our arms or need our money or need us to go clean up from after the storm. Um, it, it's interesting how people look down around the world will look down their noses at America. You know, and and they do. And uh, my husband's one of them. It was it's been hard at times because he basically said, "Oh, you just say France because you wanted to corp Coca Cola and gum." to come in 
and capitalize the world. And I'm going, uh, no, well, I, I, anyway, that's a complicated thing. But that's what a lot of French people believe because that's what they've been sold, which means we need a lot more people like me being here to tell them truth and speak truth. And that's what my cafe is doing. And we are really, uh, really honestly making a difference. We're seeing that the kids are starting to go, oh, wow. It's not about the United States. It's about so much more. Okay, it's about one, looking at reality. One minute left. There's about 40 seconds, actually. What, what's, what's the unrest in France about right now? We're going on right this minute. Um, actually, it's the same thing with um, the things that happened in the United States where a black person or a minority was killed by a police officer. But the thing is, is that what you're hearing in the United States is completely different from what I'm hearing. They're saying he was just a delivery driver or whatever. No, he had a huge record of sex trafficking and other things. But I don't I don't understand this story completely, but it's the same thing that happened after Rodney King. It's the same thing right. that happened after. It's right. just... A co- uh, it, it's a community that just erupts. Most got to run. Time. Hey, Linda, got to run. Thank you, though. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. More of the show coming up. Stay with us. Don't go away. It is Fox Across America. Last half hour of the show today. But tomorrow will be a best of. Fox Across America. Then I rejoin you guesting for the vacation Jimmy Fallon on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to wrap up the week here on Fox Across America, a show I am proud to be an early adopter of, if you'll forgive the English, KTBB, my radio station in Tyler, Texas, down in Longview, Texas, an early adopter of this show. We were proud to put Jimmy on, proud of the association, proud to have him be on the air with us every day. I'm also going to invite you to follow me at my uh, my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. We call it that, you tell me, because I say what's on my mind and invite you to say what's on yours. You can tell me from anywhere, even though it's called You Tell Me Texas, youtellmetexas.com. Meanwhile, on the line, we have from the, from the great state of South Carolina, representing the South Carolina coast, Congressman Greg Murphy. I'm sorry, North Carolina. I didn't mean to say South Carolina. From the great state of North Carolina, Congressman Greg Murphy. Uh, Congressman, forgive my Carolina mix-up, and welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, it's uh, it's all good. It's all the beach uh, from one North Carolina to South Carolina. It's all good. Beautiful beach, too. Well. Beautiful beach. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I'm there now, actually. Good for you. Well, listen, you sit on Ways and Means, which means you heard directly from uh, from the uh, the now rather famous IRS whistleblower, Right. Fill us in on on what he said and where you think it leads. Well, Paul, you know, the initial investigation really wasn't going after Hunter Biden. This was not one of, hey, let's attack the uh, president's son. It was actually interviewing or, or rather investigating an international porno- pornographic uh, um, company or wing or um, whatever they were doing. And all of a sudden, Hunter Biden's name popped up with a bunch of regularities. And they chased this back to 2014 when he just decided he was too good, wasn't going to pay taxes. And he owed several million dollars in taxes. And then it moved along, moved along. The whistleblower reported this to his supervisor. By the way, there are two whistleblowers, one Republican and one Democrat. 
both not politically active, but it was, that was what their affiliations were. But as soon as they started reporting things up, the delay, the delay, the delay being uh, b- began, not only from the IRS, within the DOJ, and uh, really these two Americans who cared about the, the whole system, cared about our country, brought things forward. And the fact that um, they recommended over a year ago, over a year ago, that Hunter Biden be brought forth on five felony tax evasion charges with three other different charges. I'm not an attorney. I'm a, I'm a dumb surgeon. I can't, uh, I can't elicit those very, very well. But as it is, you know, we actually tried to play the game fair with these two uh, whistleblowers, brought in Democrat, brought in Republican counsel to interview each of these. They took seven hours, each of them. And so what happened last week is that uh, our, our uh, committee was going to bring everything to light on Thursday. Well, amazingly, Hunter pleads guilty or, or, or pleads guilty in a plea deal to two uh, misdemeanors, which really slaps on the wrist for tax evasion. So what they were trying to do is get ahead of this um, before really the truth came out. But now it's just split the uh, melon wide open, as they say, where we're seeing so many levels of complicit, complicity um, to trying to keep everything as a two-tier justice system. We're looking at when there was one tier for the Biden administration and his, uh, his family and another tier for you and I in America. If you and I had done the same things that Hunter had done, we would be serving time in the federal pen. And so it's really become more and more evident how the left, and it probably started really during the uh, whole Obama administration, which personally I believe this is Obama's third term. I don't think Joe Biden's smart enough to do the the things that he's doing right now. Um, But it began the weaponization of the government against the average American. And we're seeing this right now. There are two tiers of justice. They went after Trump, and now they're not going after uh, uh, Hunter Biden. And again, they also just uh, not talk too much long on this, but uh, the fact that the WhatsApp uh, quote that everybody's seen is basically Hunter telling the Chinese connection, hey, my dad's in the room, and you know what my dad can do, uh, pay up and pay up now. That money was sent less than five days or, uh, later. And so Big Joe was complicit with all of this despite his denials. Congressman Greg Murphy from North Carolina is with us. Okay, so we know all of this. What we are being asked to believe, if you if you look at all of this and say, okay, what does it mean? It means that the top levels of the FBI and the Department of Justice are so driven by their Democratic Party ideology that they would forego the pursuit of justice, which is their job. Is that what we, is that what we have to believe? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the special prosecutor, David Weiss, had the ability, did not have the ability to try the cases where they were, where he lived. He lived in, in California. He lived in D.C., but instead had to try it then in Delaware. Guess where, guess where the jury's going to be really, really uh, uh, happy with Hunter coming through there and very much um, com- or naive to him. And so uh, he had to get it from Merrick Garland, special permission. And on one hand, you hear that Weiss asked for it, and Merrick Garland turned down, but then all of a sudden asked is saying, uh, Weiss is saying he didn't do that. It's Now I'm, I'm sure that something's happened where um, somebody picked up the phone and told Weiss his career would be over if he came out with this. Absolute weaponization. You know, uh, the uh, 
they were supposed to execute a search warrant on a warehouse in northern Virginia. But guess who uh, gets tipped off before that can occur? Hunter Biden's lawyers. And boom, when it goes to be executed, guess who's there saying, no, 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 you're not going to enter this. We'll give you certain things. So this is complicity, complicitly um, done all along, Paul. And it's really sad. To be very honest with you, it really uh, hurts my heart to see what is going on with our country. Um, you ever read the book Atlas Shrugged? From sure, Ayn by Ayn Rand. Rand. Ayn Rand, of course. Yes, absolutely. I wish we could get a, a small version of that and every single person in this country read this. There's some things that go off about religion that you know I don't agree with. But it just shows you the weaponization of government. She had it so much, and and then you had 1984. This is how it this is how it happens in the quote terms and the goal of social justice and equity. This is how it happens, and so it's happening right in our face today. I feel sorry for my children and their children, as well as uh, the children that lay ahead in this country, because right now the ch- the country is changing into a country that you and I have not known previously to exist. Greg Murphy of North Carolina, Congressman from uh, from North Carolina, is with us. So your congressional colleague, Pat Fallon, from my own state of Texas, was on with me last hour. <clears throat> and I said to him what I'm going to say to you. I think one of the great fears of people who are following this story and who are outraged by it, and I want to go on record as saying I would be outraged by this even if it were my guy, even if it were a Republican that I voted for, even if I I turned on Richard Nixon, his first president I ever voted for, I turned on him when I figured out that when I started to understand that what he did was wrong. I said, ultimately, he'll hurt the party if he's allowed to stand because we can't stand for bad guys. I -hmm. would be against Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Ronald Reagan or George W. Bush or whomever if they had done these things. I, I would be. I promise you, I'd be intellectually sure. consistent. So, yeah. with with that said, my fear is that the federal government and and the and the top leaders in the entrenched what we've come to call deep state are such that they will be able to stonewall and obfuscate and slow walk, mm-hmm. such that nothing ever really comes of it. What say you? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, Paul. And that's a, that's a great fear, you know. Yeah, I, I haven't been in politics but about six and a half years. I've been a surgeon my entire life. And so I've, honestly speaking, I've not followed politics really vigorously until recently. And you kept hearing the deep state. You kept hearing about the media being an arm of the Democratic Party. And, you know, I was busy. You, you, you hear that and you go, eh, it can't really be that way. But now that I see the facts, and I try to be very, very objective, just like you said you were doing. And it's absolutely true. It is absolutely true. And, of course, I would be the same way. Look, a bad egg, in my opinion, is a bad egg is a bad egg. Now, if Donald Trump is going to be in some problems with some of this other stuff, it is what it is. We have to see what's happened. But, I mean, there's been no other president that's been gone after um, with fabricated uh, evidence like the Steele dossier ever, ever in the history of the state. And, that, and that's the problem that we have now, Congressman, the, the, where we are, is if you want me to buy into the the 37-count federal indictment that is pending against former President Trump, it would help a lot if you had not fallaciously and fraudulently pursued him for three years before. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people just see it. You know, um, the the base of the party just sees it as another entire progression of things 
And now the American public, a lot of those folks who are unaffiliated in the middle the whole time are seeing this also. And they're just going, you know, it's just too many things add up. And we see them going after Trump and then not going after Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, I believe, has before any of this occurred, I believe, had two impeachable offenses. One is what he's allowed as an absolute invasion at our southern border, not only with just people, but human trafficking and narcotics. And number two, what happened in Afghanistan. He did that absolutely for a political um, headline. It killed Americans and it destroyed our um, our ability in that area to influence. Two absolute impeachable offenses, in my opinion. But this guy, and it's going to be proven, paid, uh, made others pay for influence while he was vice president of the United States. They're going to go back. They're going to look at these phone records of this secret phone, not his personal phone, not his political phone, but this secret phone uh, that he had through AT&T. They're going to go back and look at some of this stuff. And poor Joe, he doesn't survive if there's any justice in this system left. Well, let me ask you this, Congressman Greg Murphy of North Carolina. If that happens in any any kind of a timely fashion, that gives us Kamala Harris. I know. Isn't that, isn't that depressing? Isn't that absolutely depressing? Um, you know, I said from the fart, uh, from the from the beginning um, that uh, she's incompetent. She, she's a disaster, and she is. I mean, even the left has hidden her. They've hidden her during the entire Biden administration uh, tenure. Uh, she can't keep a word together. She can't keep put together an intelligent sentence. But for her to be sitting at the uh, at the desk in the Oval Office is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Well, all right. Let's see if we can end this segment on a on a brighter note, Congressman. I asked Pat Fallon this. I ask you this: two hundred forty seven years today ago to today, a bunch of men in the Second Continental Congress. Uh, adopted the Declaration of Independence, and they basically committed treason against the most powerful uh, monarch on the planet, King George III of Great Britain. And they did, right. in, they did, in fact, put on the line their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. They took mm-hmm. every risk to establish the first nation on earth that, that empowered the, in, the individual as supreme over the government. It was a, it was considered a radical idea at the time. It proved to, it, it proved to be brilliant and transformative of the world. Uncle Sam's had a rough run here lately. He's going to be two hundred forty-seven years old tomorrow. But put you on the spot. What's your birthday wish for Uncle Sam? What do you want to see for a birthday gift for America on its two hundred forty-seventh? I'd like us to return to the fact that uh, we actually can have honest debate and not hate one another. That's my that's my gift. It's become so acrimonious that if somebody disagrees with me, they are personally evil. Um, it's uh, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. You see, you know, I, I've been I've, as a surgeon, I've been able to work in a lot of other countries um, throughout Africa, India, Central America, where um, there they have not had this experiment in democracy, this great experiment. And yeah, it's been messy, absolutely messy. And we've done some tragic things in this country, slavery, of course. Um, but you know what? I think we've got it right a lot, long, wrong, a lot more than we've got it wrong. Yeah, I'd like us to get to the back, where, get to the point where we can openly discuss things. I've pushed this very, very hard on colleges and universities, that you can have civil debate. 
you can just have civil debate rather than, you know, one side, what you're a D and you're an R and it's going to be a civil war. That's what I would have as my birthday wish for this country. Congressman Greg Murphy from North Carolina. Listen, what are you doing for the 4th tomorrow? How are you celebrating? I'm down at the beach with some family. And uh, here's a neat thing that I love to do. I love to go to naturalization ceremonies and speak. Um, Talk to individuals who have come into this country and desire to be part of this great experiment, but have done it the right way. You know, as I said, I've worked in a lot of countries which are, are horrible and people want a better life. I absolutely understand the yearning and desire for people to be in this country. But we are a country of laws, or supposed to be that way anyway, and they've come and done it the right, th- the right way. So I go there, congratulate them. And one thing I do t- say to them, it's from a Democratic president. He says, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And that's so important. You have these WNBA stars and NBA stars screaming about this country. You know what? I feel like saying, okay, you, you're, you have the right to disagree. You have the right to disagree. But you know what? You're getting to the point. Just ask Miss Greiner how well she liked it in Russia. <laughs> no, we need to. Uh, yeah, she's not screaming that so much anymore. Not so um, much anymore. We have, we've done the best we can. Let us reset because China's our greatest, not adversary, enemy this day. And unless we unite, um, they're going to soon be taking over um, the way that you and I live. Greg Murphy from North Carolina. Happy 4th. Thanks for being a part of the program. You too, my friend. Take care. All right. Back with more for Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in after the break. Stick around. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Charles and Tyler Longview listening on my home radio station of KTBB. Charles, you get to wrap up the show. Got about a minute. What's on your mind? Well, Paul, this is a little bit of a regression uh, in terms of uh, topics. This goes back to something you were talking about a little earlier, but you were were talking about the importance of people being – trained to, to work in the trades and not everyone needing to necessarily go to college and that yep. sort of thing. Yep. I just wanted to mention a book that was written back in 2009. You may be familiar with it, but it was written by a gentleman named uh, Matt Crawford, and it was called Shop Class as Soul Craft. And um, he basically details how we have really done a disservice to the young people of this country by dismantling. He says, you know, there are, there are warehouses full now of shop equipment, things like that, that used to be in schools that are no longer there, yep. that we don't have, that we don't train people to work with their hands and do, uh, and do things like that. Anyway, and, no, I think and, the, the, and nobody can fix anything. Yeah, we, we know. Right. And, and the thing that I think is is an important point here is the man writing this book has a, if I recall correctly, it's been a few years since I read the book, but uh, has a PhD in political philosophy. He works in a think yep. tank in Virginia, but actually his main source of income is his motorcycle shop. There we go. Hey, he says, Charles, Charles, yeah. I've got, I've got to end it there. But you made, you just made a very, very good point, and I appreciate it. 
and uh, it's a good way to wrap up the show. Hey, happy birthday, America. You're 247 years old tomorrow. Go out and celebrate. Be proud. Wave the flag. Wear red, white, and blue. Celebrate safely. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon. I will see you Wednesday. Be safe. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.